And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Hey, I really want to thank you for joining us here on the program. I realize that your time is valuable, just as mine is, uh, and I appreciate the fact that you are listening to the program, whoever you are and wherever you are. Uh, I have to tell you that I love coming your way on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and you know as well as I do that these programs, they are recorded. Uh, a lot of people like to use the phrase pre-recorded. You can't pre-record anything. It's either recorded or it's live, one of the two. But these are recorded programs. They're podcasts. They're also videocasts. We do stream live at richarddugan.com. We have the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations that uh, you can uh, go to. And we're also on YouTube. Yes, you can see our guests and uh, watch us as we converse along and have a great conversation about well whatever it is that we're conversing about we hope that you'll join us on any of those platforms whether it be live streaming at richarddugan.com or podcasts on the various locations or youtube the video my channel richard dugan look for the guy with the hat it's not that hard to find and uh, we hope that you enjoyed the programs and if you do and it resonates with you and you'd like to support us be a part of the work we're doing to try to change the world one interview at a time. Please support us financially uh, with uh, your contributions through PayPal. That's for your security as well as ours. And also, we encourage you to go to our guests' website. We'll be giving that to you just shortly so that you can continue your evolutionary process. And we also want you to participate in 2020, the decade of perfect vision. Go within. Spend some time, quality time. And believe it or not, you can actually spend quality time in five minutes. You don't have to sit in the lotus posture for five hours um, with incense burning and, and, and metaphysical music or, or whatever relaxing music you've got. Take five minutes just to pause. If you live in, a, I live in a rural area, and I step outside every morning when I let the ch let, let the chickens out, uh, and I just I look at the sky and the trees, and I listen for the birds. And when we leave for work every morning, we put peanuts out on the uh, on the birdhouse so that uh, the pe the the blue jays and others have a little treat, you know. And it's just a kindness that we do. So do that, would you please, during the decade of 2020s, the decade of the 2020s, it's the decade of perfect vision. Health and wellness are the uh, topic on the table, our smorgasbord that we invite you to every time you listen to one of these podcasts. Our guest is Sherry Edwards. And um, sh I beg your pardon, it's Shirley Hall. I don't know who Sherry Edwards is. I think she's been a previous guest. Shirley Hall is my guest today. I want to thank you so much. You are a healer. You are a, a person who cares about health and wellness um, and, and all the good things in life. And I thank you so much for joining us on the program. All the way from, I guess you'd call it the Midwest, Chicago. Uh, by the way, I've noticed... Uh, 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 Shirley, that it's, I've never heard of a part of this country referred to as the Middle East. It's like, no. <laughs> you know, you've got the East Coast and you've got the West Coast. You've got the Southwest. You've got the Southeast. You have the Midwest, but you don't have the Mideast. That's kind of strange. Anyway, thanks for joining us <laughs> as I go off on a tangent. Never heard anybody say that. <laughs> 
Well, thanks for joining us and sharing with us the work that you do. Uh, and the work that you do is is extremely important, in my opinion, because uh, you deal with being to you, you deal with the how to be healed forever. And the first question I'm going to ask you that I ask most every healer that I've had on this program is, what do you mean by healing? You have to rearrange your thoughts, rearrange your feelings, and get in tune with what I call <clears throat> the light, uh, the beloved. Uh, it's just a natural part of my life. It's a higher aspect of what I am, and everybody has that mm -hmm. same higher aspect in degrees of awareness. And... That's my buddy, mm -hmm. the higher self. And the, the healing is the more you heal all those conditions. Um, actually, you don't have to heal them all. You just have to be aware that there are conditions mm -hmm. um, that mess you up. And you need to clean out that. I mean, I've been doing this for so long that I don't even really express it anymore. <laughs> I mean, the people who come know that they want to be their their genuine self, their the higher version of who they are, mm -hmm. to be it right here in matter. And you've probably heard that from almost everybody that comes on your show. Mm -hmm. And that's very important. It makes all the difference between day and night. What happens? And I was telling a young man the other day, I don't I guess he's around 23, that I never have fear or anxiety, regardless of how horrible things could be, you know, around me and people I care about. I'm always at peace because of this relationship with the divine, if you want to call it that. Um, it's holy. Uh, sometimes I've called it the Holy Spirit, but it's a precious energy that I feel all the time. And I see, you no. Know, as long as you have that relationship, at least that's how it works with me. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to be concerned about. Like my books, I have nine or ten. I'm writing two others right now. But they're filled with these experiences where Johnny on the spot, the, the higher energy, that lofty, loving energy, uh, that's so helpful. Mm -hmm. It's there just right away. It's yeah. always there. Now you have a YouTube channel as well. Uh, Sherry, uh, Shirley Hall uh, at YouTube there. And uh, you've got uh, some subscribers. You've got some videos. You've got some good information. And as you just mentioned, you have a number of books. For example, How Angels, How Angels Impact My Life. As well as, and where did that one go? Oh, there it is. Uh, you also have one. <laughs> you also have one. Jesus, the life, the uh, ultimate superhero. Uh, I want to touch on that for just a second because what I found interesting about the person of Jesus and and the miracles that he did to him, it was no big deal. It was just it was as it was as common or normal to him as just breathing to us. Mm -hmm. And I remember the phrase in the Bible that says uh, that you will de these works that I do, raising the dead, turning water into wine, et cetera, et cetera, healing the sick. You'll, yeah, sure, you can do those. 
but you will do greater works than these. Now, I don't know about you, but I have found over the years that that greater work or the greater works, if you will, in my humble opinion and observation, are the transforming of our lives. Your thoughts. Exactly. You begin on yourself first. You have to get your own house in order. And that sometimes takes a very long time because there's always new challenges coming up. But I know we can because I have seen over and over and over again outlandish, unbelievable things happen because my mind is focused on it. And when we're totally clear and balanced in those moments that we focus, let me see, one of the first examples of that kind of drama happened to me um, after I gave birth uh, to my third baby. Hmm. I was home maybe six days or something, and I start having pains. I had a cesarean, having pains in that area, red streaks, um, a high fever, and it was just bad. It was just bad. And so here I am with this little baby with no parents, you know, close proximity or anyone to help me. My husband went to work, you know, and so a normal person who's in pain like that and with the high fever and so forth goes to an ER, goes and gets some help. Mm-hmm. So I just fed the baby, okay? And my the two other little kids were in school. And I, my mind, in fact, I put that on Facebook today. I decided to put it on Facebook. My mind decided no ER, no medicine, no doctors, no nothing. And I had never done that, even though I had visions all my life since a little kid and, you know, a psychic and all that, which is quite common. But I never did the any dramatic healings. And I say, I, I mean, I wasn't focused on that. I was always healthy. Mm-hmm. So I, I commanded that my body be totally perfect. And so I took the baby and, and placed him on the bed right next to my body. And I let him lay down and I fell unconscious. When I woke up, I knew I had been out for an hour because I had fed the baby and the clock was right next to the bed. And when I woke up, Richard, there was no red streaks no high fever, no pain, no nothing. Mm. And I was perfectly well. And so then I understood the power of the mind and faith. You have to be really determined. <laughs> I, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, really positive about it. You can't be wishy-washy. Nope. No, no, you cannot. Yeah. That trust has to be there. And it was some time before I told other people, in fact, quite a while, um, 
because to me it was so precious, you know, and you just don't, well, I didn't go around blabbing it. But now that people need more hope, whenever I can, I'll share something if they ask, only if they ask. But, and that's what all my books are about, personal experiences where people are healed of crazy things. I could go, oh my God, every book is full of them. It's ongoing throughout my life. And so that's the norm for me. Hmm. Now you have, as you say, nine books. And I wanted to talk about some of these others. They sort of dovetail one into the other. They're, they're connected. And the next one I want to talk about here is the book entitled Adventures in Consciousness, Marvels, Mysteries, and Miracles. And I remember, again, using that passage from the Bible about, you know, we can, the greater works, uh, we will do greater works uh, even than, than Jesus did. Uh, and um, I got to also thinking about the concept of perfection. You know how it says in the Bible, be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. Mm -hmm. And I came to the understanding from my perspective that perfection wasn't doing it right or being good or doing all of those things that we deem perfect or perfection. Uh, using the Bible as its own di dictionary, so to speak, what I found was perfection or being perfect had nothing to do with any of those, what it had to do with was just being. That's all we have to do to be perfect is just be. Now, when we talk about that in reference to healing, when I was working for the Christian radio station back in Phoenix in the 80s, early 90s, and we had these healing programs, one of the thoughts that came to me, um, and, and this was sort of a, a philosophical paradox from my perspective, was uh, that if you uh, acknowledge that you have a dis-ease, we'll call it, okay, um, you, you, it's like I heard on one hand, you don't ever want to acknowledge that you have a dis-ease, okay, but we will heal you. Well, how can you heal me if I don't first acknowledge that I need it? And I had some people come up to me, and maybe this was the way I viewed it. Uh, well, it was. Uh, they came up to me and said, we would like to lay hands on you for your, your vision. I was legally blind until I was 36. And um, they wanted to lay hands on me and, and so forth. And I said, no. I said, I can't stop you from praying for me, but I want you to understand something. My purpose in this life is not to be healed. My purpose in life is is to serve, to do the things that I'm doing for you and the programs that you put on the air. I'm here to make them the very best that I can for your benefit, for the benefit of the listeners, so that they hear your message and are able to decide whether or not they like it, agree with it, et cetera, et cetera. And um, that's just where I was coming from at that time. There's a part of me that still feels that way in that I, I just don't feel that that's the reason why, I, I, you know, I, I even said this, look, God knows where I am. God can even call collect. I'll even pay for the charges, okay? Um, if he wants to heal me, he'll heal me. 
in, in divine right order uh, or not. But in the meantime, I'm going to be about my life's purpose. What are your thoughts in regards to the aspect of a dis-ease, whatever it is, uh, and the fact that we do need to acknowledge the fact that we have a dis-ease in order for us to then say, as you did, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm, I'm good to go, so to speak. I write, <clears throat> write about that in everything mm-hmm. because there's so many, what you said, how should I say it? It's correct. And meaning we pick up things that harm us um, because sometimes because of food or some other products we take or if we have negative thoughts and all that. I think what we need to do is the more we're balanced, try to say this in a more general way, the more we are balanced in our mind, in our body, the greater we can serve. I, I see my life as the only purpose is to serve. But serving, I want to be as healthy. Like next May, I will be 90 years old. And I have energy that is far superior that I'm seeing from people 30, you know, much younger. And why not? Why not be the best you can be so you can offer even more? Mm-hmm. That's how I look. Hmm. My father will be 90 in August of 2021. And he's still going strong. He's still doing well, doesn't get around as much as he used to. But by the same token, they can't get around much now anyway because of uh, because of the virus. And uh, it's one of those things where I wanted to go visit them and I asked them if that would be okay, And they said, "Um, we appreciate the sentiment. No. (laughs) And I understood that. I didn't feel because I do not want to be responsible for, uh, you know, spreading this thing if I was to be asymptomatic and so forth uh, to my parents as much as I love them. Whereas a lot of people seem to think that, oh, you know, it's no big deal. It's just like the flu, blah, 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 blah. Uh, And now we're seeing, uh, as we are having this conversation, we're seeing uh, uh, basically what I would consider to be, I'll call it what it is, a catastrophe. It's not just a pandemic. It's a catastrophe. Because people seem to think that they can do whatever they want. They take those constitutional rights that they claim they have and they can do whatever they want, whenever they want, wherever they want, however they want. And I bring up the point. I said, "Okay, I'm not going to argue that point. You have every right to do that. But here's my question to you. And that is, how do you balance that against where it says in the preamble um, uh, to to uh, preserve to promote the general welfare and preserve the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. And they say, you can't take away my constitutional rights. I say, no one's saying they're taking them away. Why don't you exercise them? I exercise my constitutional rights by doing the right things. And even when the influenza is around, 
I cough into my elbow and I, I do my best, uh, to, you know, maybe a, a knuckle bump, you know, as, as they say, right. or, or an elbow, either or, not in the ribs, but, <laughs> but elbow to elbow. Um, and, and that's one of the things that is so, from my perspective, is so kind, it's kind of disturbing that, that people seem to think that, you know, what they do doesn't affect others. And what we're finding and I'm hoping people start to see this is, boy, we affect people. Mm-hmm. We are connected. So you probably feel like I do where you want to be an example. I mean, you know, meaning yeah. respect life, mm-hmm. all life, you know, not just if you look a certain way. Right. All life, respect life. And yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And by honoring life, we're honoring our mission, however we see it, you know, like you and I both have this desire to serve. That's one of the reasons I'm a vegetarian. A lot of things I do, um, which all came later after these gifts or however you want to say it, um, manifested in my life. I respect myself. A lot of people don't honor and respect themselves. And this is very important. If we want to do a good job while we're here, we need to do that. And that includes respecting other life. Oh, I, I fully agree with you yeah. regarding that. Well, it is something that, that uh, we need to take a look at and, and, um, and, and start to understand that we affect the lives of people around us. I found it a little perplexing when they started talking about opening up the schools back in uh, in the summer. And they said, oh, no, no, the, the schools will be a safe place. Kids are not super spreaders. Really? Are you really <laughs> yeah. serious? In sa- yeah. I cannot believe anybody would say that because every time the influenza would str- stream across the United States from the other countries, uh, kids would go to school <laughs> and... They would uh, basically, uh, they would basically uh, spread it to all the other kids. It's like, are you are you serious? You don't think that that what you're doing by sending your kids to school isn't a detriment? You know, it, it that really boggled my mind because that's the synopsis that is always played out. Keep your kids home because. You know, if they have the flu, if they've got the sniffles or that kind of thing, you ought to go ahead and keep them home for a day or two. It's okay. <clears throat> you know, they'll they'll be able to catch up, you know, and so on and so forth. Nope. You know, uh, they, and they wouldn't do it. And and yet then it spreads across the schools. The teachers get sick and on and on and on. Uh, and and uh, so that's one of the frustrations. What about the different diseases that we have? Major to minor. Okay. Um, stage one to stage four of whatever it is, right? What is your perspective or observation about the representation metaphorically and or metaphysically uh, to the outside world, the world in which we live? When we have natural disasters, we have weather disturbances, uh, we have, um, let's just say, chaos in the streets uh, or what have you. Uh, When different things seem to be like a tidal wave rolling in, whatever they might be. Is there a relationship, as you see it, between what we are going through internally as dis-ease 
and what's going on in the outside world, or is it more localized? What we're going through internally has more to do with our past, whether it be in this lifetime, going back to childhood, or in past lifetimes. It's a combination of both. I mean, many people like just in the field of healing, many people who come interact with me, they're either instantly healed or not too much happens. And most of them are instantly healed. Uh, and I usually mention to them that so much of what you're experiencing is your thoughts and your past actions that have attracted this to you and you're trying to balance it. But in my opinion, this is my opinion, I don't feel you have to punish yourself for everything. Once you realize something is was an unkind act or however you prefer to say it, mm -hmm. once you realize that and change your behavior and um, don't repeat it, well, Jesus said that, you know, don't go back and, you know, do that again. And then you can get rid of it. But you know what's so weird, Richard? I've had people healed, like one woman, what was that disease? I haven't thought about this so long, uh, where you can't move your body. She's a young a young woman, well, and she was in a wheelchair. Yeah, multiple sclerosis. Yeah, that's it. Oh, oh, okay. I don't, no, I haven't been thinking about things like that right now, but the, um, not saying that you do, but thank you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I asked the questions. The uh, the universe asked the questions. I'm just along for the ride. So uh, okay. I, I, the universe gave that to me. <laughs> well, she walked out of the house. Yeah. And I had, it was a bi-level house. Her, her father brought her to me. And he was so excited. And, and they went home. And then maybe... Ten days later, I get a telephone call, and his father's and the father said, "My daughter wants to come back and talk to you." And so I said, "Okay, you know," and I never expected what she said. She said, "Shirley, I don't want the healing." Mm. And I said, "Why don't you want the healing?" And she f said, "I feel guilty." Because oh. I'm sleeping with a guy. Here, she, you know, she has this crippling, yeah. and yet she's still sleeping. <laughs> and so she felt guilty. And I was just in shock. But that's the number we do on ourselves. I'll tell you another one like that. Well, now let me ask you real quickly before you do. Was she married to someone else? No, she wasn't married. Oh, okay. She lived with her dad. And was just she's young, you know, okay. still in her teens. All right. Okay. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. Okay. And then she felt guilty yeah. because you know the Holy Spirit. That's what I call the power. Right. And and then when the same baby who was born when I had that experience of such a great healing, when he was in uh, kindergarten. His mother approached me. I don't know if people find out, you know, about particularly healing, and asked me if, if I could heal her. And she had that other disease that's very much like multiple I haven't heard thought of these things in so long, but she had difficulties. 
And so I said, sure, come on. Over. And she was healed. In fact, her husband called me. I don't usually talk about sex, but her husband called me up on the phone. Hey, Shirley. <laughs> And she was doing so well. Yeah, she went back to bowling and all that. And she was just doing great. And then she wrote me a letter. Again, I was shocked. She said, I don't want the ceiling. (laughs) And I said, why? Well, I collect um, disability, a disability check. And in all honesty, see, she was being honest, too. Mm-hmm. In all honesty, I can no longer collect that check. And I said, well, your husband's working full time. What's the problem? Mm-hmm. She well, says, I'm saving now while our, our girls in kindergarten. I started now for her college education. And that's where she's been putting that check towards the, the degree. And I thought. And the next time I, she did lose it, the healing. And I don't know how long exactly it took, but when you decide you want to be sick, you get sick again. That it's is It's all a mind game. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so then I get a, a le- another letter from her saying, trying to explain her life. She could, you could tell that she had great difficulty writing and that she was all shaky, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was so sad. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And you talk to other people who would do anything to be healed, then they're not healed. And that goes back to what you said. I happen to believe we live multiple lifetimes. How can we become the best version of ourselves in one lifetime? <laughs> you know? I just can't see that happening. It would be very difficult. Maybe if you lived in India. Yeah. You know, I, Chicago. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I want to move on to one of the other books that you've written and, uh, and talk about this. And I have to tell you that, you know, that's a strange phrase. I have to tell you. I don't have to tell you this, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> oh, some of these cliches that we use. I, 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 know. I would love to get rid of them. Your book, Baba, A Magical (laughs) Cat with a Message. Now, first of all, I have to tell you, (laughs) I did it again. We had, and he's probably still hanging around, a cat by the name of Merlin. You do. Baba looks exactly like. I'm not kidding you. I'm looking at the picture. I'm using my magnifies to look, magnifying glass to look into his eyes and his face. He looks, he's the spitting image, coloring and everything of Merlin. I, I just, I'm, I'm just taken aback. I want to talk a little bit about this, but it also shows that you are also an animal lover as well. Um, I will share this story with you about Merlin on his passing, which was... I believe it was two years ago, April of 2021. It'll be two years uh, that he passed. And we knew he was he was going. We took him to the vet. They ran a couple of tests, said, you know, we could run more tests. But the bottom line is, by the time we get the results back, he's probably going to be gone. So mm-hmm. we took him home and we loved him and cared for him. 
And a Saturday morning when I was supposed to take a train down to Los Angeles, um, it was the morning, that morning that I was supposed to leave. Um, you know, and I said, are you sure you want, I mean, I can stay, I can skip this. And so if no, no, go ahead, go ahead. It'll be all right. Well, we thought he had passed. Now, my wife's in the medical com- medical field, the cardiology, has her de- stethoscope, checks his heart. No heartbeat. And obviously, she breaks down and cries, and I'm there consoling her as well as feeling my own emotions over his passing. And in five minutes, he was back. Because she was so distraught. And then about five to seven minutes later, he left for the last time. And I said, I want you to know that as I see it, Merlin just performed his last magic act. He came back from where he was because you were so upset so that he could comfort you. And then he left again. Uh, this cat would disappear in the house. Now, these are we have five now. We had six or seven or eight. <laughs> Merlin would disappear. Now, they're all indoor cats. And we would look everywhere. And we couldn't find him anywhere. And all of a sudden, he would appear. And this would happen periodically over the months, you know. Um he was I just he was a magical cat. I'm going to have to send you some photographs of him uh, so that you can see him as well. I even have a, a, a Halloween card we made of him. I was playing around with Photoshop and I was able to put a, uh, a witch's hat on him uh, for this card. <laughs> it was very, very cool. I'll send you I'll send you some of these pictures of him and you'll see what I mean. He just and he would be greeting us at the front door when we would come home. Yeah. Tell us about Baba. I've talked enough about Merlin. What about Baba? And what about this message that this magical cat has for us? Well, to me, he is magical. Um, You hear about how humans are meant to be magical. Cats are. And in that book, I mentioned there's a legend in China where the cats, God first sent the cats here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they were supposed to rule. And they were always laying around in the sun, you know, chasing butterflies and everything. And so then God said, no, we're going to have somebody else for this job. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I wish they had left the cats as the rulers. Uh, They're amazing. And, And Baba is called Baba because I got him from a shelter. It was one of those things. It wasn't planned. Uh, you know, it just happened. I was walking down the street and I, I went in the store and I said, how come you don't have any furry? <laughs> and he handed me a card. He says, call that number. And as soon as I got in the car, I called that number. And the woman who runs the shelter out of her home had this cat she was bringing over to a doctor. Someone just gave it up because of allergies. I says, no, you come over to me. She explained how he looked. I says, you're right near my home. Come over. And there she was with this cat, long cat hanging in her arms. And I looked in his eyes and I said, you're mine. You know, <laughs> we're to be together. Mm. 
But Baba is a combination of a Manx. Have you ever seen a Manx? Uh, I believe so. And I think Merlin was, we finally figured out maybe he was a Mancoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's Baba's a combination of Mancoon and a Manx. Oh, wow. A Manx just has a little stub for a tail. Oh, okay. Well, Merlin had a and long they're supposedly tail. <laughs> from the Isle of Manx. <laughs> Thank God, because he's so big. Yeah. He's, a, he's in a different room, lying in the sun, of course. But he, they called him Bob, I guess because of the Bob tail. Ah. And that Bob didn't fit in. But Baba, Baba is a holy name, a spiritual name for both men and women. Mm mainly in the east yeah and i figured that cat is holy yeah and i just love him and he's just in fact i got a new a new fluffy bed instead of sleeping <laughs> on my head oh yeah oh yeah our our cats uh they've done that my wife tends to find one up at the top of her pillow sometimes yeah. in the middle of the night they'll be sleeping on us uh, if not next yeah. to us uh, and, and pushed up against us. So, uh, yeah, we and right now we have five cats, two female and three male. The male cats pretty much occupy the bed. The female yeah. cats occupy the uh, cat climber. It has a little box that's got uh, space for them to get in there and, and cuddle up. Um, but it is true that and, and scientific uh, uh, studies have been done showing the health and healing benefits of animals, not right. just cats. Uh, dogs are able to, and this is, I remember not only seeing movies, but also television news stories about animals that are allowed to roam the hospital. Mm-hmm. And when they go into a particular room, and this may sound a little gruesome. No, I know that. Yeah, but they go into a particular room of a patient, jump up on the bed at the foot of the bed because they know that person is about to leave. Not right. the hospital, this world. Yeah. And some people find that comforting because at least now they know. Yeah. Um, have you found that in your healing experience and the processes that you go through with people, uh, that are you able to impart, or if you use animals, Baba in particular, uh, or others, uh, to impart to them the not only the tempor- temporalness of this world, but that death is nothing to fear. It is not, it's not something that you should fear. You should actually look forward to it because you're going on a new adventure and it's very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of times I do. I tell them about the proof and I'll use animals. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'll, I'll go to one healing first. This was a Siamese cat. Ra. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And he was black. And he was he he was strange. And he was always like he was angry. So when I, I took him to the doctor, um, I asked, why do you think he's that way? And he tested him and that cat was deaf. Hmm. And so... My youngest son, when we got home, we prayed over him. And within 15 minutes, Zach had his hearing. We did all kinds of tests. He heard all the bells. He heard everything. He was healed. Now, we've had experiences like that. But 
to answer your question about life being ongoing, I see people from the other side, okay? Mm-hmm. Not that I want to. They show up at the darnest time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but, it, these, all right. I've seen my taffy. Our taffy is the name of my guinea pig. I saw her leave her body at her time of death. I saw her little light body. And can you imagine how exciting that is? Her little light body coming out of her physical form. And I watched her and I still see them. And my sister-in-law has the same ability. And then, uh, oh, there's so many. We had four bunnies in this place (laughs) at the same time living here. This is a condo. (laughs) (laughs) And I wasn't really supposed to, but I had everything was kept clean and so forth. And the same thing happened. I could see how they would respond. When I put hands on them, I would see their light, the light body all around them. When they would die, I would see them leave their little bodies. A couple of them were pretty big. You would see all that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people, if your animal time, their life, their physical life is over, they have another life to live, and a good part of it's going to be still in our house, in your house. And I said, don't throw out their bed. Don't throw out their bowl. You know, everyone wants to clean up something and run out and get a new one. I said, give them. They have to adjust, too. And so I, I do these healing workshops. I've been doing them. Well, right now, we decided, no, you have to use common sense. Mm-hmm. But a woman who's been coming to my meetings for quite a few years and never admitted to me that she's ever that she's not ever seen any of the things some of the other people see was in shock laying on the table okay and she said all of a sudden she wasn't thinking of her cat that had been gone three years these are all cat people hmm. been gone three years but that cat showed up or she was meditating and was up right next to her and she was so excited. She said, I always believe what you people would say, but now I know it's true. You know, they do continue to live. They do come and visit us, you know. And so that that that's wonderful with people, too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work out so good. Like one, one morning I woke up and there was this man standing there real John, you know, he, smiling from ear to ear. And I thought, oh, my, this was a former brother-in-law who was a real strict Bible. Um, well, how should I say it? Uh, he, he didn't believe, you know, there was an afterlife. And he didn't believe in the mm. things we do. Some of us believe in are also possible beside all the other good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there he was standing, gesturing and being funny in my bedroom. And so I called my daughter who lives in Maryland. And I says, do you know your aunt, her name is his wife's name. They left behind. Her name is Shirley also. And I says, do you know her telephone number? 
because I would like to let her know that her husband <laughs> came to visit me. But I was really worried because I knew they didn't believe that way. But that's the only reason I can figure that he came to visit me. That now he knew life does continue. And so I said, do you have any idea? I asked her, do you have any idea why he would come now? Because he had been gone like a year and a half, or a year. She says, because it's Shirley's birthday in a, in a couple of days. And mm -hmm. he wanted to make her happy. I says, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Or, <laughs> but I was brave and I called her and she was silent, totally silent. Didn't say, oh, goody, you know, nothing. <laughs> Just totally silent, yeah. silent. And I says, well, at least I tried, you know? Yeah. And that's really all you can do is, is share it. I yeah. remember an experience that one of my sisters had, and this was actually on an Easter Sunday at my parents' house. And, um, you know, we were, and they were doing uh, scanning with their hands. And I just mm -hmm. happened to go back to my sister's bedroom where my four sisters were and my mother. And that's what they were doing. They had one of the girls lay down and they'd scan. And they, when I walked in the room, they said, Hey, uh, let's check Richard. Let's see where the hot spots are on Richard. And they began to scan. And of course it made perfect sense that the hot spot for me was my throat. Now what's interesting is my sister, who is of a very, I want to say, within the box belief system. Um, she scanned me and she felt the heat, but she would not accept that it actually happened. She, I, I don't recall her recognizing the, uh, the, the event in that respect. And uh, which I thought was really unfortunate. And I remember sharing with her um, one Thanksgiving. Always happens these things on holidays. I said to her, <clears throat> I said, you know, my beliefs of yesterday are not my beliefs of today are not my beliefs of tomorrow. Because I'm still alive. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still experiencing. And I don't know what's going to happen. And one of the other aspects, too, and I found this wonderfully um, comforting, so to speak. I was interviewing a gentleman not long, well, several years ago, I should say, born again, Bible-believing Christian who practices out-of-body experience. Really? And I said, where in the, and, I, and I was asking this very seriously to him, uh, not to, for criticism, but just to try to understand, where in the Bible does it say that Christians do that or get to do that? Uh, he says, nowhere. He says, but it doesn't matter. I know that it's okay. I says, have you ever wanted not to come back? He says, no. I just love the experience. I love how it feels to be out of the body floating around. And I thought, yeah. wow. And I've had that yeah. experience with others who are of a particular philosophy. And yet they are having experiences that are outside of the box that they have presently adopted. Um, it's one of the things we talk about on this program all the time. And that is that, for example, with what we bring to the program, guests such as yourself, we ask people to come to the table. It's a smorgasbord table. 
And it's got all kinds of stuff. After 13, 14 years doing this program, it's got to have all kinds of stuff from so many different perspectives. And we ask people to partake. If it resonates with you, please, please take some. Uh, check it out. Try it. Uh, you know, what have you. That's why we give out websites. I'm going to give yours in just a moment. Um, but we just are so insistent in that respect. Please, if it resonates with you, if it doesn't, stay away from it. It's not time for you to experience that. Unless, of course, you like the challenge. You're really a curious individual and you like stepping outside your own comfort zone. Go for it, okay? But don't hurt yourself, okay? And um, then come back. Now that you've had that experience, now you've grown a little bit, maybe there's something else that you'd like to try and keep moving forward. Do you find that healing is sort of that way where a person has got this, this dis-ease, as I like to use the term, and it takes a while because there are so many layers that mm-hmm. have fostered this dis-ease, that have um, perpetuated it over, let's say, the decades, because sometimes you'll get people who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, what have you, um, but they've, they've covered it over with so many other things. Yeah. And you've got to work through those layers in order to get to the core. Is that, uh, is that an experience? Is that part of your experience in terms of facilitating someone's healing? Uh, I seem to attract people who already resonate. Mm-hmm. Because my experiences have been since a child. And they're really um, outrageous, many of them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I'm like talking to my sister-in-law on the phone, that was, I felt uncomfortable because I usually, uh, for some reason, I don't run into those kind of thoughts, you know, that, that philosophy. But if people only knew, like, I was real close to my mom and I would always take her to the doctor, you know, when you when she was, she lived to 97 and decided to leave one day. She, nothing was mad with her, but she just wanted to leave because she was running out of money and she didn't want to move mm-hmm. to a nice place where she was living. And we can do that. We can determine everything. Yeah. But she said to me, who's going to drive you to a doctor when you get in your 80s and 90s? And I said, no one except me. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, that's how I look at things. Yeah. And and uh, and she says, well, I'll be with you. Well, I want you to know, I decided after she um, left her body, you know, sure, maybe you need to get a checkup. Something I rarely do. I stay out. Right. Anyway, I'm sitting in the office alone, I thought waiting for the doctor to come in. And then all of a sudden I saw this bright light, beautiful color lights. And then I saw a form and then I realized it was my mother. Mm. And I start bawling, you know, it was my mother. She said, I told you I would come. <laughs> I didn't want, I didn't want you to be alone. Oh. So it, there's so much hope when people open their minds and heart to what is actually going on and how, our multidimensional. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had my car picked up by the 
I don't know what they are. They have to be angels. Mm-hmm. And taken miles down the highway to a safe place because my windshield wiper was broken uh, within a, a ice storm. And I couldn't see on the tollway. About weird, weird thing. And I'm just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing. And then when you share some of them with other people, it gives them hope. You know? mm. Shirley Hall is my guest. Uh, she is a healer. Uh, we're talking about uh, how to be healed forever. BeHealedForever.com is the website we want you to go to. We will be linked to your website as well, Shirley, because uh, we want people to uh, continue their uh, transformational process or evolutionary process. Uh, if they're looking for healing, uh, we would we would want to send them to you to, uh, uh, to help them to get back on track, as it were. Uh, because when you are in a state of dis-ease, it's kind of tough to... Uh, uh, to really live out your life's purpose. You, you can't really focus if you're in pain. And, and uh, mm-hmm. I can speak uh, firsthand of that where um, not long after we moved to Santa Barbara, uh, I started experiencing pain in my joints. And of course, they've been, oh, you have arthritis. I'm, yeah, you're full of it. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, of course, diagnosed with high blood pressure. I will tell you what I consider to be, I would say it's a miracle. Uh, at least from the standpoint of how fast it happened. July 24th, 2020. uh, I went to my doctor, my primary care physician at the behest of my wife, because for the last, for the previous three months, I was getting thirstier and thirstier and thirstier. I was also peeing a lot. I'm like, this is weird, but okay. You're a cat. Yeah, really. And, uh, of course, when I mentioned this to my wife, she says, um, you need to go see your doctor because that could be the onset of diabetes, which oh. I, I really didn't want to hear. Now, several years earlier, I had been diagnosed as having pre-diabetes. However, subsequent to that, my A1C and my blood sugar were normal. Okay. So I had a lean into of pre-diabetes and then I leaned back and was comfortable and everything. Um, so we went the night before we went to the doctor, we were enjoying a nice evening dinner, what have you. There were two Cokes in the fridge and they were both Mexican Cokes. So they have regular sugar, not sucrose or whatever the other thing is they put in America. I drank both of those. I just thought, what the heck? You know, I hadn't had one in a while. What the heck? So I go in the next day. My blood sugar is checked. 544. Normal is supposed to be around 100. So the next uh, the next time I went in, uh, I had blood drawn, which was just a few days later. And my A1C came back normal 5.7. Mine was 11.2. Doc says this is going to be a long journey, Richard. I says, no, it's not. I says, no, it's not. I said, I know the reason for why this happened. And it was the pandemic. My wife was furloughed in March and we shifted from our regular diet of good foods, vegetables, fruits, all of the good things that we were eating before, my blood sugar was normal then, to comfort foods like everybody else was doing. And uh, matter of fact, the blood sugar show, the blood uh, work showed that my A1C being at 11.2, my average blood sugar reading for those past three months, 275. He said it could have been peaking at 300, but 275 is what came up. I said, don't worry about it. I, I'm, my goal... And I, I, I told him 
My goal is not to bring it down to a particular level. My goal was to get it back to normal, like it was before. I did it in two months. By the middle of September, my blood sugar was back down into the low hundreds. 100, 110, 120. When in November 2nd, had blood drawn, A1C was 5.7. Average daily blood or monthly sugar level was about 115, maybe 120. Wow. He was stunned. And he had told me a story about a guy who had, his blood sugar was at 640. And it took him six months to bring it down. You know, and I thought, why did it take him six months? What's, you know, and my wife and I, we talked about this. And she says, basically, because people just don't want to do what they know they should do to take right. care of themselves. Now, I'd already been doing that before the pandemic, so it wasn't a big deal. But I did it. Um, it had nothing to do with past lives. It had nothing to do with traumas in my past of this lifetime. It had to do with the fact that I had shifted my diet. More than anything else. So still do getting the same exercise. Yeah, using common sense, you yeah. know, and yeah. honoring yourself. That's what people don't do. They do very little of honoring themselves. How do you like those commercials on TV for all of the different medications that they prescribe Super. to bring down your A1C? And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I brought my A1C down in six months and I lost 11, 12 pounds. And my my uh, my A1C is now at seven. I'm going, are you kidding me? Only seven Wow. You know, so, yeah, no, but discipline again, is hard for some people to come by. That, that's it right there. So discipline is an issue that we might want to talk about as well as personal responsibility here as we come uh, close to the end of our program here. I want to thank you so much, of course, for giving us so much time here. Um, but w one of the, 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 the dirty words, it's not a four letter word. Obviously, it's more than that. Uh, and that is personal responsibility. Uh, you're either pregnant or you're not. You're not a little pregnant, right? Uh, you'd know this because, well, you've given birth to at least one. Um, so, and, 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 and I often thought about that, especially when I worked for the Christian station going, what do you mean somebody else is responsible for what's wrong with you? The devil didn't do this to you. <laughs> you know, neither did God. You did this to you. Um, so take responsibility for your life. How do you get that across to, to folks? I mean, you say be healed forever, but you can't be healed forever if you don't take responsibility for your health and your well-being, can you? No. And that's what I talk about quite a bit. Okay. Well, talk I, to us about I, I it now. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, stop always wanting someone else to take care of you. Yeah. Take care of your issues. Learn to be responsible. Yeah, it, that's what it's about, and we're seeing a period of history where it's just it's just like the opposite. No, we we must be responsible. I thought I heard Bob. I was going to show him to you. I want to ask you something. Sure. I have amazing Photoshop copies of Bob, like his Thanksgiving outfit, his Christmas outfit. <clears throat> Can I send it to the? E no, the email you gave me mm -hmm. <clears throat> doesn't work for that, right? That's strange. You'd have to say Richard at RichardDugan.com. That is my email address. Oh, it seemed like I went right to this. 
Ah, uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, for those who are listening, if you're interested in uh, connecting with me, uh, you can certainly go to Richard at RichardDugan.com. Or one that I love to give out is TMYS for Tell Me Your Story. TMYS at RichardDugan.com. And what I'll do is I will send you an email with all of the wonderful links to the radio program, the podcast, the video. Okay. And then uh, you can respond to that with the photographs. Uh, because I want people to touch base with us and let us know what's going on. Um, and, and, and certainly they can get your email address through your website as well. But it's just, to me, the, the exciting part of all of this, Shirley, is the fact that you, at the age of 90, or you, you'll be 90 in May of 2021, uh, is the fact that you continue to choose to do this. And I'm curious as to how long you've been doing this. When did you first discover, realize, become aware that you were a healer? Actually, let me take some more. Sure. It was after that uh, incident with the, after the birth and all the pain. Ah, yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, by the way, to that point of the pain of birthing, Barbara Marks Hubbard, the late Barbara Marks Hubbard, uh, visionary and futurist, she shared with us back in 2007 that what we would be going through would be like the birth pangs. And it would be, it could be very tough. But, but, as we all know, once the baby is born, the pain subsides, and now you're enjoying this beautiful new life that, that you are going to have a part in molding and shaping and, and helping to grow and flourish and thrive in this world. And so that's where I see us, I'm hoping that we're at the, end of the birth pangs but however long it takes is how long it takes and that's okay i'm good with that that's why we're here yeah but that's uh, how i see it so so when you had your child and the pain and so forth what was it what was the catalytic moment when you realized oh I, well I, i'm a healer for about <clears throat> neighbor just, just a, <clears throat> excuse me mm -hmm. um I didn't belong to any groups or anything like that. And, but my neighbors found out and, and of course my family. And so I shared with them. But one day our local paper, I'm looking through it. And there it said, there's this little thing, notice that they were gonna show an Edgar Casey film in a church basement in my town. And I thought at that time, well, maybe I'll meet some people who have similar interests where, you know, regarding healing and service mm -hmm. and, and being, you know, an asset in the community. And so I went and it, it was like, all of a sudden there was this group <laughs> and we began to, they, they begged me, can we meet once a week? Mm -hmm. And so I started out having them in my home, and then there, I had a big home then. And there, and so many people would come every Friday night, and we start meeting in churches. And so, you know, I would rent the basement once a week, and it just grew. I used to be very active, and uh, and would travel all over actually the country. 
But now I see us doing even greater things and meaning the whole idea is for people to understand they are worthy and they need to be responsible. And we have amazing things yet to do. You know, life is really, this. what's happening, even though the COVID is very, very harsh, it's serving to wake up people. Do you feel that way? It's bringing in a change. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's serving a purpose. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, and so we want to be here mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we can be active in that purpose. Yeah. No, no absolutely. It, it, yeah, they need to understand they're worthy. That is the main thing I get in the responsibility thing that I run into. Well, and I, not like my, oh, go on. I was just going to say that uh, that's one of the things that I find so interesting. Uh, one of the things that was so fascinating to me when this was shared with me was that <clears throat> when you take a look at the virus, the little, you know, the molecule that's covered with all these little crowns. One of my guests said, you know, it's very interesting that this is a virus that's covered with little crowns. Now, everybody says, well, this isn't the first coronavirus we've had. You know, there have been many, many COVID viruses, not just 19, but 18, 70, whatever. Uh, and I, I get that. I understand what you're saying. But if you take a look at the virus molecule itself, you see those little crowns and it makes you think of royalty. Yeah. And in my humble opinion, if one can raise one's consciousness, one's awareness to a level of acceptance of our royal stature. Exactly. It doesn't make you immune, okay, because it's all up to how you've taken care of yourself up to this point, more than anything else, okay? How is it, what is the condition of your immune system, etc.? But from the metaphorical standpoint, wow, this is pretty cool in, the, in, in that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we are royal beings, we're, and and I, I will even take that to the, the philosophy of Christianity that a lot of people talk about uh, how we are nothing more than lowly worms, you know, that kind of thing, right? Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. the thing that, that struck me, this thing that struck me was about, for example, if for those who believe in the sacrifice, believe in that philosophy and the sacrifice, uh, and they say we're nothing but lowly worms until the sacrifice, and, and then, of course, this happened, I'm going, uh-uh. Actually, it's the converse, because if we had no value, then pff, I don't care. I'll just make more. No big deal. I'll just make more. But God didn't make more in, the, in that context. He said, this, these are my children. I created them. They are my creation. And I'm going to do something for them. Boom. We were priceless before, but even beyond pricelessness after, in my, in, in my humble opinion. Well, it's not all your opinion and mine. (laughs) It's the words of Jesus. He would always talk about our true self. And uh, I've had proof of this forever. Like you said, you were blind. Mm -hmm. I had eyesight that could see with my eyes closed. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And also, 
when I close my eyes, I see the light form of everything. So that's our real body. And what you and I are worrying on the outside, that's our costume. And our real body is this glorious light, this brilliance, this intelligence. And and people have always been programmed, programmed into them that they're not worthy, and that's a falsity. We are yeah. worthy. And yeah. I used to, when I first started talking, mm-hmm. not talking, but No, speaking. I know, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I would call, say to people, you are a hierophant. Mm-hmm. That ties in with your royalty. Yeah. That's who you really are. So let's rediscover that consciously while we're wearing this body and be who we really are. Yeah. So what is it? Humanity basically has a very serious identity problem. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Uh, we do have an identity problem, <laughs> uh, and and we've got to uh, we've got to uh, uh, identify uh, who we really are. Uh, and I think that uh, in time we will, uh, and it will be okay. It you know we're going to be fine. Uh, we just need to relax, know <laughs> that everything is in as they say in divine right order, and. Um, that and I've often said this myself. Uh, that if today were my day to leave the body, I'm good to go. That doesn't mean I want to per- precipitate uh, the 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 happening. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not wanting to leave. But if it were my time, I'm ready to go. There is still more I want to do. But again, if it's my time, so I think that a lot of people. Uh, they do get hung up in this body. They get hung up in this world, which is a great place to be. Honestly, I, I mean, you know, we're having a, we're having, trying to have a fun time with all of this. Right. But, but uh, at the same time, we have to learn how to let go. Uh, we le- have to learn how to, uh, we have to learn how to, oh, I don't know. Um, know that there is no end to life. There's an end to this particular existence in this particular body, but not to the life that exists and resides within this machine, this this biological uh, chemical machine, if you will. Uh, I mean, when you think about it, uh, Shirley, um, if you had to have a medicine cabinet on the wall filled with all of the chemicals, all of the drugs that the human body creates on its own, I don't think you'd have a medicine cabinet on a wall big enough to contain it all. I mean, we've got the necessary drugs within our body that we create for pain. We've got the hormones. Uh, We've got the other things for emotion. I mean, mean, uh, I've talked with so many different people uh, who start going down the laundry list of all of the different things that our bodies generate at given times, the adrenaline for excitement and, and, and flight and all those kinds of things. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Uh, you know, I mean, my gosh, I, I wouldn't even know where to start to create something that was at, at this level of complexity and simplicity at the same time. You know? And do most of the people come on your show seem to grasp what you're saying? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, usually we're all on the same page and it's, it's one of those things where we have so much to offer one another. James Redfield said it best in his book, in my opinion, that we all have messages for one another and we need to be about sharing those messages because it, that is how each of us continues to move forward, continues to grow, continues to raise our consciousness. You've been around almost 90 years. My father, at the age of 70, said to me to this question that I asked him. So, Dad, how does it feel to be 70? And the answer to, his quest to that question was, well... First of all, I'm glad to be here. I didn't expect to live this long, but I am glad to be here. You've lived 90 years. You've been through uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, obviously, my dad was born in 1931, so he as a child went through the Depression, survived well, that's it. That's the year I was born. You were in 31? 1931. Oh, that, that's right. What am I thinking here? That's right. He's 91, yeah. 90 in, uh, in, in, in uh, 2021. Uh, so you went through the Depression, World War II, the, all the different conflicts, uh, the 60s and all of that, the flower children and, the, you know, uh, uh, and all of the different things up to the present. Uh, and and it's, I would venture that you could probably take a look at two parts of our history and say, gee, we're, we're repeating ourselves. <laughs> um, but do you feel with your intuition and your, your psychicness, if you will, um, that we are on the verge of some, I will refer to it as great transformation, uh, that is going to take us to the next level of our existence in, in the world? I feel it that way. And so often I would ask in meditation, well, when are we going to get going? <laughs> <laughs> and everything was always timing. Yeah. The, the situation, the people. Um, yep. um, there's a timing. But I've always been relaxed about this um, because... The family I was raised in was very unusual. I mean, they went to a Lutheran church. You know, they were very active. But they also studied the masters of the Far East. Oh, my gosh. Wonderful. Yeah. So have I. So have I. Yeah. And loved those books. Oh. And I have one son that he... The, the last one, the one where all that change happened, the visions I've had regarding him and his understanding from the past before he, I could ever, you know, talk mm -hmm. with him. I mean, he just loves those. And it's all there. It's all there. Yeah. And, you know, they say Jesus studied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, my, fa yeah, my favorite part uh, of the five books uh, was a section where they uh, entered this cave and they met Pontius Pilate. Uh. And um, they were chatting with him and Jesus came along and, and they started chatting with him. 
and he shared something. I have to paraphrase this because I don't have the book in front of me. So, um, and basically it was uh, that Jesus was actually rather melancholy. He was kind of sad, actually, because man had placed him on a pedestal so high mm-hmm. that he couldn't reach the people. And that's all he wanted to do is be able to commune with them just as they are. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and not as some deity, not as some uh, a special individual. They made him into a special individual, and he did not want that. He was just mm-hmm. like you and me as uh, from this particular perspective. And I, that really touched me. It really did. Yeah. You know? He understood. He understood how we're all the same. Yeah. You know, we're wearing these coats. <laughs> yeah, these coats. And you just... You just take the coat off when it's time to leave. That's all you do. You lighten the load. Uh, have you ever heard of that uh, scientific experiment where there was a person who was um, a terminal uh, and he agreed to this uh, and they had him on a scale as he was dying to check his weight to see if they oh, could yeah, determine. Yeah. You remember that. So they could determine yeah. uh, when he passed if there were any physical changes and he actually, I think it was like lost a, I don't know. three. Yeah. He lost a pound or two and, and it wasn't anything other than, you know, he didn't, everything (laughs) stayed right there on the table. Yeah. And so then you start to think, Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. If the essence of who I am weighs a couple of pounds, then there's some matter there. There's some (laughs) substance. What substance left? You know, and, and transformation to me, I'm very intrigued. I, I like to say that it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Not because I've experienced near-death, ex- had one, but because I'm curious as to what the individual, the, the, that essence, is now experiencing. What are they doing? And then I want to come back, you know? And I have a, I, there's a real paradoxical aspect to this too, from, especially biblically, because Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But Paul said, it is appointed to every man once to die and then the judgment. So which is it? Is it appointed for every man once to die and then the judgment? Or do we, uh, can we be, or did Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead? And did he violate that precept, if you will? It wasn't a rule, but it was a precept. Uh, or what is death? And that's why I asked you at the beginning of the program, what is healing? Because in Reiki, we're taught not to put any intention into that energy that we're sending, absentee or otherwise. We are there to facilitate the healing energy to allow the individual to do with it what they will. Yeah, it's their choice. It's their choice. Yeah, it's up to, and they are the ones who decide if they're going to be healed or not. Yeah. When I was uh, producing prayer programs at that Christian station in Phoenix in the 80s and 90s, I'd hear the same people calling in over and over again. And it then dawned on me they weren't interested in any healing, even if they didn't. I mean, maybe they didn't need to be healed. What they wanted was community. They wanted contact with other human beings. Maybe they lived alone. You know, maybe they were they might have been elderly and they didn't have anybody else to talk to. So they figured I'll call this prayer program and ask for healing so that I'll have somebody I can talk to. And, that could very well be. And that will you know? listen to me, you know? And I, and it was then that I, I kind of let go of the criticism. God, what is this person's problem that they, they're not accepting and receiving their healing, you know? And then I realized that's not what it's about. 
for some people, that's not what it's about. It is that. And here we are in this stage of this uh, pandemic where we are asked to physically distance and wear masks so we can't see the smiles. Um, And obviously washing your hands regularly is a good thing anytime, whether there's a pandemic or not. But uh, just those two other elements um, separate us. And we are, by design, I believe, we're social beings, aren't we? And we need that. Yeah. We need that contact and that connection. So I'm fortunate, as I said, now that I live in a condo, mm-hmm. there's people, you know, everywhere. And like you have your acreage, right? Mm-hmm. I have a river right behind oh, my building. Beautiful. And then there's this path that goes for miles and miles. And guess what? Hmm. Baba has a buggy, a stroller. And oh. I put him in his stroller and we go down the path almost every day and the smiles on people's faces. Oh, that is great. That yeah, is there's people from all great. different countries. And I said, Oh, a kitty. Wow. <laughs> that is, is <laughs> Oh, that's that is fantastic. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, what I want to know yes. is a, a practical answer. How, how do I get our recording on my YouTube Well, or, uh, what or I, on Facebook well, or anything? I'll tell you what. We can talk about that as soon as we're done, and I will help you with that as well. Uh, and uh, to that end, I tell you what, let's, uh, let's bring this particular conversation to a close. Uh, first of all, by thanking you. Shirley Hall for joining us. I met you through LinkedIn. I've gotten many of my guests through LinkedIn, which is yeah. which is great, one on one. And I applaud you for the work that you're doing, and uh, for the support that you are giving to people uh, through the healing. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping that people are receiving it uh, 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 graciously, and 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 then going out and fulfilling uh, their life's purpose, just as you are by helping them and facilitating their healing. Uh, and also, uh, are you? <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. We also want to remind you, uh, folks, that her website very easy to find: be healed forever. Dot com behealedforever.com that's the website and uh, you can go there and uh, continue your evolutionary process as well as find out more about the books she's got more books than we were uh, than we've had a chance to uh, to talk about there's also circle of light and she also has a by the way the baba there's a t-shirt available i'm gonna have to get myself one of those i get a couple of one for my wife and one for me then there's trapped Visitor from Heaven. I'd love to talk more about that. And then The Three Persuasions. Uh, It is a a reality tale for mature souls. And we're not talking just about the folks who are in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, or 60s, but who are old souls. There are children I have met who are old souls. B, Embracing the Mystery of Firsthand Mystical Journeys. And then um, My One Tree, A Healing Experience, all available through the website BeHealedForever.com. We will be linked to your website, and I thank you so much for giving us so much time here on the program. I love these extended conversations where we really get in-depth and talk more about what's happening in your world. And I really appreciate you giving us so much time. 
I appreciate it. I didn't realize it'd be this, this good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, I do have three final questions that I do want to ask you. But first, I want to remind our listeners that we're here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. streaming live at richarddugan.com with podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and other locations as well. And YouTube, where you can watch the interviews. Uh, you go to Richard Dugan at YouTube and that's my channel subscribe i'd love to have more subscribers uh so that uh, every time i put up an interview and i put them up a lot put up a lot each week um you'll be able to uh, get more information about what's going on in what i like to call the real world okay yeah so my first of three questions is number one who is shirley hall magic what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? It would give me great happiness for people to understand their own beauty, their own truth, their own true identity. It makes all the difference in the world. And finally, what is your life's purpose? It, tie, it ties in exactly with that, <clears throat> to serve and, well, see, I remember past lifetimes. I remember successes and some that really got screwed up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I like to set it straight so people have hope, so they can believe again in their own spirituality, their own beauty, their own light. Mm. just like you yeah this can do that we'll be happy you know (laughs) content if there's such a word yeah i told you well this may sound like a strange request and and i make it a public request but uh it's it's up to you as to whether or not uh this is something you feel comfortable with and the request is uh and again as i said before uh the universe asks questions i'm just along for the ride I would love to be informed, and it could be 10, 20 years down the road, (laughs) when you depart. I would love... When I what? When you depart, when you transition. When you leave the body. Yeah, I know, but I'm debating whether I should tell you what I know about that. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. You keep that a secret, but I would just love to know that so that I know then, ah, then I can talk with her anytime I want. And I know I can do that now, too. Um, I have a dear friend who passed uh, March two years ago, a good friend of mine I'd known for 40 years, uh, I am transferring cassette tapes of interviews that she did and was a part of uh, over those uh, 40 years uh, that she willed to me. I'm mean, we're talking four or five hundred cassettes, uh, which could be a thousand interviews. And it's fun to listen to her voice and the people she talked with. And and I talked with her now. I talk with her now. Uh, I, I, feel, I finally feel comfortable doing that, um, you know, and uh, it's it's uh, 
it's really quite an extraordinary experience. And uh, so anyway, um, let me just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing and what you have done for people over the years uh, and what you will continue to do for people and for sharing this time with us. And I want to thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to love.